Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of The Photo Show. So, Kai, we have had some lovely weather the last few days, uh, and I know I, I was able to get out for a little bit and photograph, and I think you posted some uh, shots on Instagram of you out there photographing. Yeah, well, I, I certainly posted, like, pictures of the gear before, as I was uh, getting ready to go out, and then at the end of the day when things were winding down, I put another picture up of like, uh, cause I was out shooting with two different cameras, both with very long lenses on them. So I, I figured that would get some people's attention. And sure enough, uh, <laughs> the 250 millimeter lens on the Hasselblad, like I had instantly, um, Steven Hilger, like direct message me on Instagram, like, Hey, what lens is that? You know? <laughs> and today when I was out, uh, I was on the Williamsburg bridge riding down and this, uh, woman stopped me and said, uh, what lens is that? I mean, like, so even people on Hasselblads, you don't see that 250 lens very often. No, people, people should check out your site because it, it is an unusual looking setup to see that really long lens on a Hasselblad. Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, coincidentally, that same lens, the reason I bought that, and I think I paid next to nothing for it on eBay, the reason I bought it was to photograph uh, billboards down in Tampa because I knew I needed a longer lens for that work. And... The cover of my book about face picturing Tampa features a photograph made with that lens. So Yes, and uh, of course, the SPQR book release will be very soon. Yeah, the thing became even more of a reality uh, this Friday because the books uh, finally like cleared customs and there were all these boxes and... Uh, I spent some time on Friday with uh, Thomas Roma and uh, Anna Roma and uh, huffing books around and moving them from piles to piles. And uh, so it feels uh, physically real. And I have a box of 14 here so and they're all shrink wrapped. And now it went from being like having one precious copy of my own to hold on to. And now there are multiples, which is, you know, the great thing about having a book and having it uh, become something else. So let's remind everyone the date of that. It is Friday, October 28th from 6 to 8 at Affirmation Arts, which is uh, here in Manhattan on 37th Street. Great. Well, our guests are Ben Alper and Nat Ward. Um, and people might know them better through a really popular um, site they put together called A New Nothing. And it's actually, uh, as we reveal in the show, a site that you're also uh, a part of with Yola Manakov Stockton, who will be uh, an upcoming guest on the show. Exactly. And um, yeah, just, well, maybe it was yesterday. She just posted another picture in our ongoing conversation when we first started out. The, the, you'll, you'll hear more about the show. I mean, the concept of the site coming up on the show, but the idea is back and forth. One person posts a photograph and then the person they're having a conversation with responds. And when you, when you first start out, it's so tempting to be back and forth like one day to the next or every couple of days. And now we've settled into a, a pattern that seems to be like once a month, someone posts something and then someone responds. And so she just, it was almost coming up on a month and I sent her a, a hint, hint email. Right. Okay, well, let's go. And, and uh, you, you'll learn from the show why it's important to keep posting because there, yeah, exactly. there's a little bit of a time limit on that. Um, also, I mean, just the way you explained it is, is very similar to the way we talk about this dialogue, this visual uh, conversation as uh, evolutionary and something that, that grows over time. Uh, and Nat and Ben have this this kind of great rapport. They they almost finish each other's sentences <laughs> during the show because mm. they they've really thought about this a lot, and they're really 
uh, they've spent a lot of time talking about photography. And, and so it's a really great conversation. Yeah. And one thing that happened directly after we recorded was they uh, had a, a book release for their uh, this mini conversation that they did of a new nothing. And there was a book release at the independent book fair, which was the very next day that I went to. And you have got the name of the publisher handy, right? Oh, uh, yeah. They're there now. Uh, it's a new imprint by Travis Schaefer. Yeah, and Travis did an incredible job. I, I went by the book fair and bought a copy and, of course, got uh, Ben and Nat to sign it. And uh, just the attention to detail, like they, there's basically all the, their photographs are tipped in and he had little holes and then he connected the two holes by punching them with a, a chisel. I mean, it's like just perfectly laid out and, and be a very beautiful object. And and also during the same week, I think we were recording, uh, they were having or they had put together a show in Moscow at uh, the Asnova Gallery called A Great Sum in Parts, which was another sort of print form of this online site that they've created. Absolutely. And uh, I think one thing that comes out in this conversation and that we even speak to is this idea of, again, of how are people finding ways to build community online not just within Facebook, but you know, other ways of reaching out to people and uh, and and finding interested parties. And another thing that this ties back into is uh, Patrice Helmar's uh, Marble Hill Cameron Supper Club, which we just had uh, the week before last. And um, it's nice to see people, you know, looking for fellow photographers, uh, people interested in the arts in similar ways, and and finding ways to not only connect online, but to meet up and, and have events. Uh, and also at the very beginning of this episode, you'll hear Nat uh, talking to a dog. And that dog is the uh, Instagram famous Pickle Beholding. So if you, if you don't know who that is, you should check that out. So enjoy the show, everyone. And we'll talk soon, Kai. All right. Pickle is making a debut on the photo show. <laughs> Pickle's already media famous. That's right. All right. So uh, we're here tonight at uh, the studio slash temporary home now of Nat Ward. And uh, we have Ben Alper with us. And of course, this is Kai McBride. And I've got my co-host, Michael Chauvin Dalton, joining hey. us. And uh, we're lucky enough to be having uh, a time where everyone could get together because Ben lives down in North Carolina. Rather, before we get into talking about uh, a new nothing or your individual work, maybe we could just start with the reason that you're in town right now and go right into uh, the book release and the, the book fair that you're participating in. Yeah, so um, I'm here to launch a new publication that Nat and I have been working on over the past month five weeks it's been oh is that fast yeah it's oh, been amazing. it's it's come about uh quickly and and nat and i have been working with travis schaefer who is launching a new imprint called they're there now he's out of missouri and he had approached us maybe six months ago about being a part of an exhibition and then that sort of led to uh very quickly putting together this the first A New Nothing publication. So I'm in town wow. for that. 
We're doing a book signing tomorrow. Amazing. And, yeah. And so how did he find you? He'd been following the project just online, I think, and in conceptualizing the exhibition, wanted to include a new nothing, but um, incorporate it more as a physical entity. So the what we're going to do for the show is going to be the same model um, of conversational imagery, but it's going to happen in real time in the gallery space. And the the images or our conversation will essentially be actualized every day. We'll send images to Travis and he'll print them and then add them to um, this sort of evolving conversation. Yeah. So that yeah. sounds interesting. And that is that going to be where is that going to be the actual exhibit? That's going to be in Missouri. Um, so is it is that's, that, that's Nat speaking now. And that was Ben speaking before. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be in Missouri. And actually, it's going to be a, a great continuation of the extended conversation that Ben and I have already had on the website in physical space. And we'll actually hold those images back from from the web conversation. So there's a kind of uh, primary existence and then they'll be uploaded in sequence as well. So it's going to be, yeah, this live sort of idea where you send in one to, you know, to each other, then he, then you, he prints it out, puts it on the wall. And then does he take the one down from the previous thing or does it just build and solely fill up the wall? I think it's going to build on itself. Um, I think we're going to have to put some sort of constraint on, (laughs) on the number of images because I think he's going to build a shelf Um, so the prints will just essentially exist simply framed. Um, and then our entire previous, the conversation we've been having on the site will exist, I think in the form of either an iPad that you can scroll through or some, some way to access the, uh, long and winding road of a (laughs) visual conversation that Nat and I have been having over the past two years now. Wow. We should probably go into the explanation of it then. Yeah, the, sure. you know, yeah. First, where did the name come from? So that's a that's now a <laughs> matter of legend. <laughs> uh, ben Ben came into town um, in 2014, and I don't remember if you were staying with us or you're staying nearby, but uh, we went out um, to catch up with a bunch of people who we'd all hung out with when Ben lived here, um, went out to a bar and had quite a bit to drink and started yelling at each other about photography and subsequently decided that we, you know, both really missed each other uh, on, a, on a personal level um, and also missed the kind of conversations that we had and, and we were in a crit group together. You know, it was kind of like... Um, there was a real void. And so we were trying to figure out how we could both address that void while also putting something on the internet that was kind of different from what we had seen before, that was going to be both uh, sticky in a way to keep people coming back and and so ever-evolving, ever-growing, but also really about photography and the kind of potential for play and vulnerability and relationships that that photography can allow for, um, and really intimate relationships. And so that brought us back full circle, and we realized, oh, we can create this thing that'll really be about specifically the idiosyncratic nature of a relationship between two photographers, um, and a very personal relationship between two photographers. And so once Ben 
was away. I guess it was. Was it later that night that I texted you? <clears throat> I was. I remember now because I was okay. staying with you. I was on a, a MFA trip yes. to New York in in March. And I was staying with you, but mm-hmm. I had gone out or something and, and you had texted me that following up on our conversation that whatever we do next should be called a new nothing. And I think I'll, you should, you, you know, wrote about that so articulately. So talk about the, maybe the, I mean, the, initially it was, it was a whim. It was kind of like, well, this, this sounds this sounds good, but it's one of those things where there actually is a kind of deeper thing going on in your brain, even if you're not really aware of it at the time. Um, and so, you know, it comes out of out of two places. And one of the big conversations that, that Ben and I have always had and always kind of bristled against together is this idea that's like become such a cliched refrain over the last decade or so that all potential is exhausted in photography. And so there's a sense that there's like nothing left for photography, which we couldn't possibly believe uh, or, or even uh, subscribe to. Um, so that exists in the, in the name, and it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a joke uh, about how silly we think that that idea is. But also, um, you know, dealing with the foundational text in a kind of arch-modernist idea of photography, uh, which on Sharkovsky talking about the power of the thing itself. And so we, you know, I really think that, that the title came out of a kind of combination of those two issues and, and those, those two kind of foundational ideas in our own relationship, um, a place where we really came together. I can imagine like you were in uh, post-grad school, like you're free now and you're no longer having those weekly conversations of people coming in your studio. You're just finishing up grad school, probably getting ready for that nothingness that comes after Mm -hmm. that experience of that intense uh, two years. And so I think it could be one thing to say, you know what, we need to stay in touch. Why don't we like promise each other that we'll send a picture to each other every week or something like that. But Mm -hmm. Was it conceived right at the beginning that you wanted to involve other people and make it as a platform? Absolutely. And and to be clear, the way that Ben and I met each other originally was because we were both involved in in two different online photography kind of blogs or centrally located project centers, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I was I was doing work with Amani and John for Humble Arts Foundation, um, and Ben had created the Exposure Project uh, with a partner of his. And so we kind of met in, in the way that you meet in New York and and thought that the community that, was, that had happened on the internet um, was a really valuable thing, um, and we wanted, to, we wanted to take our experience there and move it forward together. I think the other thing that I remember talking with you about that first night and getting sort of, I won't say angry, but a little, a little worked up about was the fact that um, there had been so much work, particularly at that time, that had, was coming out that felt conversational but but more in a derivative way like artists um finding strong influence in other artists but but also working a bit in a vacuum Mm -hmm. and so that there was this idea that there was like aesthetic perpetuation of certain certain trends and fads and you know part of i think the original experiment and it, it did sort of begin as an experiment between nat and i was to see if we could 
acknowledge that and bridge the gap a little bit and have people um, maybe have actual conversations with each other, you know, whether it would be somebody that they looked up to and, and were maybe emulating or somebody that was more discordant with the kind of imagery that they were making. So I think that... Or even to create a space where unexpected things would happen and would force people to break out of a kind of uh, derivative way of making something that they knew people would understand, but that also looked like every other photograph that you'd seen that week. Um, and so we thought maybe by, by just embracing uh, chaos a little bit, by you know, saying, well, you have no idea what your partner is, is going to present to you or how that's going to influence your own making. Um, and so I think that part of the idea was like, all right, well, maybe, maybe we can create a space where people really are going to try and do something different, either to throw themselves off or to throw their partner off or to create interest in the midst of the conversation. And are people proposing a pairing? Do you suggest someone and then invite them to find someone else? How does that work? So we, the, the people that are on the site, and there's... I haven't counted lately, but there's a lot there's of a conversations. Lot, yeah. <laughs> North of 60, I think, between active and archived um, conversations. And the difference is that the active ones, we put a stipulation that if you haven't posted in six months, then it essentially goes into an archive section. But, but Nat and I have both approached people whose work we respect or whose practices we want to see uh, on this platform, but we also receive a fair amount of submissions. Yeah. And when we do, we typically ask people to propose their own partner. And in fact, we always do. I mean, yeah. we've never chosen a partner for, for anybody else because that seems inherent to um, conceptually to the idea of the project that, that there's an autonomy in terms of who people want to have a conversation with. I also think it would be really boring for us like, you know, it is a curatorial project in a way, but I don't want to dictate people's relationships. Right. And I'm much more interested in what happens when you let people you trust make really big decisions um, to build something on their own. And initially, you know, I remember we were super surprised and even psyched to find out, like, people we invited and then who they partnered with. So, you know, I emailed Morgan Ashcombe and was like, do you want to do this thing? And, and he, like said, yeah, let me think about it. And two days later, he was like, hey, Justine wants to do it. And I was like, Justine, Justine Curlin? Great. That's fantastic. You know, like, and that happened over and over again with, with Matt Connors and Jason Fulford. Like, it was like, oh, my God, Jason Fulford's on our site now. Like, I know that, Ben, you know Matt, and that's fantastic, and I've met him, and, and I was, but, like, it was great to see the thing expand and also... And to find out just who might be interested in it, people exactly. you might not even expect it. Yeah. I mean, and, a sort six of startup. and a six degrees of separation also. Right. Kind of sure. It is a tiny world, like yeah. as you guys oh, yeah. well know, <laughs> but it's, but it is also siloed, right? Yes. Um, and so it was nice that it's not six, it's one degree of separation. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I always uh, tell my students that uh, photography is not, there's not a world of photography. It's a bunch of little tribes often don't get along with each other. <laughs> it also tribes. just didn't, it never felt like our place to tell somebody else who they should, you know, have this experience with and, and dictate the terms to that degree of specificity. So I think part of, you know, putting the, not the burden, but the, you know, responsibility of like really thinking about who 
you want to converse with and what kind of conversation you want it to be? Like, do you, do you want it to be somebody who has real affinities with you formally or conceptually, or do you want to create more consternation and, and something that's going to, like Nat said, produce a little bit more chaos mm -hmm. and, and produce a conversation that might force you out of the boundaries of your typical practice. And I also, so I also think what's, what's kind of interesting about, about allowing for that, that unknown is that you end up with, with the same kind of variety of conversations you'd have in a bar or maybe, maybe a train is a better example because you're going to have like really beautiful, loving conversations. You're going to have goofy conversations. You're going to have academic conversations, you know, conversations that are, that are, you know, really conceptual and conversations that are really, you know, kind of trite, but all of that is, a, and, and, one conversation may embody three of those things over the course of its of its lifetime. I think um, ours. I think ours embodies at least seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours has taken a lot of a lot of different unexpected turns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Kai, you're on this. That's right. Full, Monaco, disclosure, right? Yeah, full so disclosure. Right. So, that, no, this is good because you're a non-founding person on it, and you guys are founding members of it. Um, so, let me ask 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 you guys first. Did has anything? Um, has it gone in any directions to surprise you in any way you didn't expect or I mean, do, is it just, is it completely met all your expectations or are there new and interesting things that you've discovered along the way? It's constantly surprising me um, from the newest surprise of uh, Bill Hunt and Ephraim Zaloni Mandel working from not just like their own collections, but a kind of encyclopedic photo historical <laughs> uh, well that they're that they're drawing upon to early surprises again i have to bring up uh matt connors and, and jason fulford who that was the the biggest early surprise because i had no idea that they both had purchased these photographers archives and then they figured out a way to have wow, an incredibly yeah. sensitive and intelligent conversation using what was to everyone else anonymous imagery and i think even to them i don't think they know anything about those photographers i think they just bought the like shoe boxes full of negatives i could be wrong about that but you know so so the surprises happen all the time and that's part of the thing that that keeps it really exciting even as a founding member to remain a viewer of mm. yeah so so then kai did, was it different from what you thought you were getting into, or how did it how did it turn out? For, I mean, what would you take away from it? I think by the time I got on, I knew several people that had already had conversations, like Claudio Nolasco, and um, so I'd seen people's pairings, and I knew what was the sort of thing that was happening on the site. So maybe at that point, when I chose the person to have a conversation with, which was Yola Monikov Stockton, I kind of knew that I was picking someone that would be a challenge because. She was living in Northampton. She has kids. You know, it's like I knew that we were both, we, we, even though we both have similar kind of cameras sometimes and things, I knew that it would be very different. And sure enough, like the very first photograph she threw up was like her naked son standing in a window, <laughs> you know, like a th you know, four-year-old standing in a window looking outside. I'm like, what the hell do I have that's possibly going to go with this? You know, and so it was like, and it continued to be that kind of a challenge, which was fun. I mean, it was like, it was a it's public b it also adds in it reminds me of when um well even anytime you have a someone that you expect to have to ha do something with and you have like a timeline in your a time budget in your mind you're like 
man, I'm going to feel guilty if I don't post a response soon. You know, so there's that aspect of it, too. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, man, it's, oh, it's really been three weeks. How, how did that much time go by? Or conversely, when you're really happy and psyched, like, oh, that's a great pair. I'm so glad that my image is up there and now it's on the on the front page of the site. And then Yola posts another picture like three hours later and like negates. I was like, what? No, you're not. <laughs> ben is the king of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like my, my images last on the site for all of two seconds. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think that one of the things that I've, and it didn't take long to learn this, but I'm like a, like a little kid. And the process for me is, is like getting a present. So every time Nat posts a picture, I get really, you're ready to put the and response. I'm like, I have an eagerness and, it, and if I don't have an appropriate picture, I'll, you know, I'll wait. But it's for me, it's never more than a week. And that is that is the king of long silences. <laughs> so a part of our, I think, give and take is is like my kind of like impulsiveness uh, is met with Nat's restraint a lot. And, and, and I think we play with that because it's like, because we're both aware of it too. So like Ben will, ben will send me a text if it's been a particularly long silence. He's like... Everything all right, buddy? Like, it's like, you know, like, like yeah, everything's fine. Like, <laughs> I think the last time I, I told you that we were about to, by our own uh, determination, that we were about to be oh. kicked into the archives. archives. Yeah, and I, said, that, I said that cannot happen. <laughs> so it's got to be fair, you know. I mean, we got to play by the same rules. But I actually, I, I held off, but then I, I mentioned something to Yola. I was like, you know, maybe we could wait a little longer. That way, and I was like, we space it out a little bit. And then it, then there was like a very long, she like waited like almost a month or something. I was like, oh, okay, now it's waiting too long. Come on. We gotta like, <laughs> so I, I, it's one of those things. I, I like a conversation. It's a push and pull. I guess like letter writing too. Like if you write someone some long detailed letter and you send it out to them and you kind of don't want like an immediate response, right? But you want some sort of response at Imagine some point. getting the letter back. Hey, that was great. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. In a um, way that it kind of, it kind of mimics our spatial distance in that like yeah. there are spurts where we will go back and forth quite regularly and quickly, mm -hmm. which sort of equates to like when I see you, I hopefully yeah. see you a lot and we talk a lot. And then there are periods of, of distance and separation, yeah. which are, I think metaphorically mimicked on the site. And also we're just both incredibly busy. But I have to say, you know, unintentionally it has allowed, it has required us to be actually uh, in touch a lot more <laughs> because, yeah. you know, with the, with the show in Moscow that Kai is a part of and, yeah. and the Thank book you. project and, you know, all the various, uh, and great interviews we've had to do. I, I mean, Podcasts. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcasts. Damn podcasts. Um, I, I've been I've been really grateful for the fact that it means that we have to either email or text or call like a couple times a week just to just it, to, so well, it's, it it's, worked. It's satisfied. It's, it worked. Uh, yeah, it totally worked. <laughs> totally worked. So uh, tell us about the uh, Moscow show. So there's a a woman on the site. Um, her name's Yulia Spiridonova. Hope I pronounced that right. Um, and she, she's actually a, a fellow mass art alum, but she's Russian and she lives in Moscow. And I believe she had been on the site for a little while before approaching Nat and I uh, with the idea of working on a show at a gallery that she had a connection to in Moscow called the Osnova Gallery. 
And she came up with a really fantastic idea to essentially use the site as an archive of sorts to create a generative new conversation out of specifically diptychs from existing conversations. So she started with a pair of images from Nat and I's conversation. That pair of images got sent to Nat. Nat responded in kind with a separate diptych from a different conversation, mm. if you follow. Yep. That mm -hmm. was then sent to me. I did the same thing. So in all, there's 34 images in the show that exist chronologically like a conversation would on the site, but that are made up of uh, pairs from 17 different conversations. So mm -hmm. it was the idea um, not only of just using singular images, but, but using these conversational moments between partners that would then yeah it was it was twice complicated you know it was it was complicated by the fact that you're using diptychs so you have to deal with a lot more content and a lot more information a lot more subject matter and subject um, but also complicated by the fact that it became a round robin as opposed to a back and forth um, yeah it had a kind of exponential growth right? yeah totally yeah. totally and and a lot more unpredictability um, you know, but again, I go back to I go back to the bar. If you're in a bar with four people and three people are really in the middle of a conversation and interrupting each other, it's kind of how this thing felt. Um, I'm excited actually uh, to to put it up on the site as a as a linear progression in our um, I guess in our kind of press and whatever section. Yeah, I've already got the in the uh, the install shots up, but yeah. but yeah, so that was really that was another very surprising way in which this project i think um produced just a whole nother form to take and it's it's the first physical manifestation um of the of the new nothing i think outside of the book which i guess technically has come a few days later so yeah they're coming together the, right the exhibition was the first <laughs> it's time zones it's what is, yeah, whatever <laughs> um and one of the other things that i think Unexpectedly, the site has led to um, is an opportunity to kind of put our ideas about photography out into the world in a way that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to otherwise, be it through interviews where we're really like, you know, establishing a kind of thesis around um, our own ideology in photography, or even through, we did a, a conversation uh, for Unseen Magazine, and you know, it was a, it was a really healthy and rigorous discourse with um, some folks who exist not necessarily on an opposite end of the ideological spectrum, but certainly had some strong ideas that ran counter to how how we operate, but it was, you know, it was healthy and, and good, and it, and it was nice to be tested in that way. Was, was their end of the conversation more conceptual or, you'd say, abstract? The, the premise of the, the piece was that um, Joanna Cresswell, who um, used to be with Self Published Be Happy and is now um, working with Unseen Magazine, which is connected with the Unseen Photo Fair in Amsterdam, um, approached uh, Nat and I, really approached a new nothing and also approached parallelograms, which is another web-based uh, image, conversational image-based project. Uh, and that the but idea... Specifically, specifically 
exists with a mission of being kind of beyond photography, like dealing in in web user interfaces, coding, uh, GIFs, what what whatever whatever the internet will allow for mm-hmm. um, as a as a artistic medium. Hmm. And they, I mean, their project is endlessly fascinating and really provocative. And what they do yeah, is they send artists a hand selected set of images that they find on Google searches. So based on the artist that, you know, that's going to generate a new work, they will, and based on their work, maybe formally or conceptually, they'll send somebody, say five Google images, and that person will then select one of those images and and make a web-based piece that's usually animated or interactive. It's not typically just a still image. So anyways, it's a really great project. And so Joanna wanted to see what would happen if our project and their project essentially had a conversation with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took some some doing to kind of figure out what that would be structurally, how, uh, you know, A New Nothing and Parallelograms would both have essentially like a conceptual voice uh, in in the process. And, um, and then, then there was also a rigorous debate that kind of happened over not even an interview, but more of a conversation that we, that we had. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was really, it got a little heated, but it was in the spirit of like really strong belief about, um, two different sides of the coin, I think in terms of what images can do and, and their reach now in, in a digital age. And yeah. um, And, and for us it was, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, a lot of it was how do you how do you justify your belief that um, photography is is not only relevant uh, but but truly important um, and not just to a to a select few but in a in a more broader kind of cultural sense um, you know how do you how do you get around that initial question which we discussed earlier which is you know well, there might be nothing left in photography. We can't, we just can't go there. We don't, we don't believe that's possible. Um, and so this was an opportunity to really delve into that um, and back it up. And the other interesting thing is that both, both of the, the founders of Parallelograms, Leah Bieferman and Matthew Harvey, also both are on the site, are on Under Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Leah's conversation has, has for a while been inactive and, and Matt's is still sort of active, but, um, so they, they, Oh, not with each other. They, no, they, 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 they select, just selected different people. Right. Um, so it's a hard piece to describe. Like, I don't think it'll make a ton of sense if we like, yeah, it sounds like it needs yeah. diagrams. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like a chalkboard. You need diagrams. to see it. It's yeah. an, it's an incredibly we'll pull well, in a football coach. There'll yeah. be a lot of drawings. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we, we've just had a couple of conversations with um, uh, recent people that were on the show that all were on different collectives. And I think and, uh, Nat hinted at that a little earlier, too. And that, you know, usually there's some theme or common thread that draws these people together, like a 
one obvious example is street photography or mm -hmm. and and how people feel about the kind of street photography they're doing like oh you know you're not serious enough because you crop or whatever it is right <laughs> and right. that but they formed these collectives and Do uh, you crop yeah no of course not come on <laughs> in in the interest of full disclosure i I crop a lot. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm a I'm a cropper and I'm proud. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. 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 I'm here. I didn't know where you fell. Yeah. I'm a total <laughs> cropper. I've been I've been a little scared to, to bring, bring it up. up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Ruin ruin the relationship. We've just we've just had a breakthrough. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage counseling, yeah, exactly. <laughs> photography, yeah, yeah. marriage counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay to crop. You can do it. It's okay. But one of the things these collectors allow for, of course, and, and you were just talking about the digital age is for people spread all, not just over the country, but all over the world to have these communities that can come together and conversations that can happen. And I mean, one of the things that's nice about a new nothing is that when you go to the when you land on the home page, even if you're not sure what's happening, there's a there's a, a collection of images there, mm -hmm. and you can make pairings between them if you're not you know without even going any further. Like oh you know that's interesting. This there's like this bright red color photograph, and there's a red one over here, or there's this element over here. But that once you dive into it, you realize that there's no overarching thread. Like these aren't all color photographers or black and white photographers or even you know there's everything is is possible there so even though there there can be these relationships between pairs or uh, i mean i know a lot of the other photographers on the site so i can watch their conversations happening but there's no dogma from from the top and the instructions that you give are very minimal you know mm -hmm. of course people can look at the site but you're not hoping to steer it in any way right no in fact you know part of the the initial idea was also to create a space that would really deal with um, the vast multitudes of photographic practice um, and that would showcase that as, as uh, things of equivalent value. Because, you know, we just made a joke about, about warring tribes, and we just made yeah. a joke about, are you a cropping camp? Are you not a cropping camp? Like, what were you, you know, but... The stakes aren't that high. No, they're, no, they're <laughs> very, very... The, ba the bar is low. Uh, that's, that's exactly the kind of thing a cropper would say. <laughs> so, so, but, you know, part of, part of the reason that we're all here... Uh, is we, we deeply, deeply, deeply believe in and love uh, the potential of what we all know photography is capable of. Um, and we thought, well, is there a way that, that we can kind of deal with that on a broad spectrum and not just, fo not just focus in on street photography, not just focus in on process-oriented abstraction, but have a, have a space that could showcase all of that while taking advantage of something else that the internet allows for, which is the compression of space and time. You know, you're much closer to people, at least, you know, kind of virtually on the internet than you are anywhere else. And so how can we, how could we do both of those things? And yeah. of course, then you might run into people. I've run into people, IRL in real life, who, who... I just wondered what that meant. It's, it's, I'll just let you know. Uh, who... Um, Kai's going on IRC chat later. Exactly, of course. <laughs> I got to give my chatbot a, a rest. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, I've, that 
knew me from the site or saw the photographs or the pairings or like our new Yola, but didn't know me. And then we run into each other and like, oh, you know, it's like so yeah. it also allows for that flattening of you know yeah, space yeah. socially as well. Oh, sorry, I cut you off, Ben. Though, what oh, no, say? that's OK. I, um, I think people some people have opted to specifically approach people who are literally halfway around the world, yeah. specifically because this platform offers that collapse of time and space you know that sort of and it's a direct connection yeah like you can be on instagram and see your per your friend or family member or whoever who's halfway around the world but that's kind of broadcast out into the void it's not directed at any particular person you can direct message i get it but it's different like this is this is directed but public but public exactly. right and i think that that is a is a space that is is really fascinating to me because my friend Colin Stearns is having a conversation with his friend Ronnie Wright, who lives in Tokyo. Colin lives in New York. So there's also, I think, what can emerge from conversations that are spatially distant is is a whole sort of cultural subtext, which is really fascinating, mm -hmm. um, which I think is is just a byproduct of of living where you do and making images in a specific place. Um, and then other people, I think, you know, approach people that are very, very close to them already and in their lives and maybe even in the same space. Um, yeah, you see all that, um, like Irina Rozovsky and mm -hmm. um, uh, Mark Steinmetz, like they had some videos and stuff's going on. Then I was like, wait a minute, that's the same car. They both photographed the same yeah. car. And I was yeah, like, yeah. like, wait a minute, you know, wait, what's going what's on? Going here? on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, or, and we all knew what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, hmm, okay. Uh, and there's other people that are, sorry to cut you off, Kai. Yeah, um, one that hasn't, it hasn't been materialized yet, but there's a conversation. I approach somebody, I'll, I'll leave him nameless, I guess, until they're, they're actually up on the site, but just, he selected a partner and they're actually going to travel to a specific place together, make a body of work, Beautiful. which will then exist as a conversation on the site. Nice. Oh. So there are some people that are sort of upping the, thinking, upping the yeah. ante a little bit. Right. And like, that reminds me actually of, of what Curtis and what they did for, for, um, manual transmission. Yeah. They both went down to Assateague Island and, and totally. each shot a shot yep. alternating pictures. Um, on the slide film. Yeah, that's so true. I forgot about mm. that. So like a little bit of an exquisite corpse kind of idea built into there, right? Exactly. So the, the other thing that I want to bring out about the site and is that there's no, the, the level of meta information is almost nothing, right? So other than you know the name of the photographer, you know whose photograph it is because their initials are there and the date is there. There's no uh, tag cloud. There's no, uh, you just mentioned someone is in Tokyo, someone's in New York, but it's only the visual information that could give any of that away. And of course, the person living in Tokyo could also be posting photographs they made on their trip last summer to Maui or whatever. So mm -hmm. all of that stuff is left merely to be a, a visual conversation. It's purely at that visual level. And I think it's important that you resists allowing any of that kind of stuff to creep into the site, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, again, it's going back to many conversations that, that Ben and I have had, that you and I have had, but the, you know, a caption only serves really to reduce the potential of the photographic information. 
Sometimes it's a, a useful reduction, but more often than not, it's really um, illustrative or didactic in a way. And I think that it was really important to us from the outset to let the photographic information speak for itself and have it be legible uh, in and of its own merit. And I think it also, um, it, it really makes it more about the individual images when you have associated metadata or locating information or whatever it is. And I think people might have a tendency to take images more individually as opposed to think about them in, in mm. relationship to one another or in the context of an entire stream of 25 images. I think, you know, so keeping, keeping it sparse in terms of, and it, the date obviously only corresponds to the date that it was posted. It could have been an image that was made I mean, I've... Yeah, God knows when. Right, I've posted images in Nat and I's conversation that are clearly from, like, at least one that was, like, probably from the 1940s. Right. Um, but the date exists only as the date that I posted it. And, and I think that's also sort of in service of not bogging people down with what feels like not irrelevant, but just distracting information from, like, taking the thing as a whole, as opposed to its component parts. Well, you know, you're by default going to bring your own, your own life experience to bear on, on a photograph and, and um, everything that, ex that that experience uh, relates to, so associations. So if you kind of like complicate it by saying, you know, with a GPS tag that says Princeton, New Jersey or something, you're going to have associations for that place that might supersede the associations for the content in the photograph. Yeah, um, that's a good It also goes that. back to what, Nat, what you said earlier about people posting on Instagram. It's about the one photo directed to everybody, but it's really about the photographer too, right? And that's, they'll often write something that it's meant to impress, right? This yeah. is, this is me here. I did I'm this here. I'm not alive here. unless it's on Instagram. Right, here it like is. And, you know. Right. And so, so having any of that extra information uh, isolates each image from each other, right? Yeah. I had a failed attempt when I opened my Instagram account. I thought every post I would just put the tag of where it was in like a completely random location. So I started off like the first one was in Hawaii. The second one was in Milwaukee. And I just started doing that. But of course, people started commenting like, wow, what are you doing in Milwaukee? So I, I had to stop. Because, you know, I was like, because gave up too soon. I did. I was like, I could have kept it going. But it, it, it was generating too many like, wait, what's going on? You know, so. Uh, just a really voracious traveler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every day, man. Somewhere else. Going on, going on, going on. But going back to the dates, I mean, the dates become part of the conversation because mm -hmm. it lets you know the gap of time that went on. And like they said, those ones where, you know, Ben immediately posted back the same day or the next day or the ones that are longer makes you, it's, and it's I have to say, one information. Of, one of the reasons why uh, I've left the gap so long this time is because I've, I've, um, I found the last bit of our conversation and I, this is going to sound terrible, but I, but I found it to be really poignant and moving and um, to the point where I was like, I was a little weepy in my studio when, when Ben posted the last image and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to let that sit for a while. It's, this is too important of a moment, um, both globally and for a conversation between friends that I think sometimes you just got to let it rest. Um, but the date really has a major impact, you know, in that particular moment, I posted something, um, flippantly before news of, um, the shooting in Orlando 
had actually come through. But by the time Ben saw it, mm. um, my image could have easily been misconstrued um, as having been related to the... Being topical. To, yeah, and, being yeah. extremely topical. So then we went full topical um, because we had to, you know? It was what we needed to, what we needed to speak about. And I think that in that way, you know, even if somebody comes upon this website 20 years from now, they could look up that date and be like, oh, that was when Orlando happened. And then a few days later, that's when the attack happened in France as well. I see there was a real kind of sensitivity in the way they were talking about these things in images alone. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a really powerful and important point. And one that on the surface might be a little bit invisible unless people really sort of invest the time to kind of almost like cross check the dates with sure. like with what's happening in the world. And there's been a few moments I feel like where, you know, things have felt very topical and that was one of them. So it's, and it's also Nat and I never talk about the conversation. So it's really yeah. wonderful and, and, uh, surprising actually to hear him speaking about the conversation because it's literally been s like strictly a visual exchange. That was um, the rule. The beginning that was the that rule, we set yeah. for ourselves. I think every conversation you have rules that you set between your partner and that was, that was our rule. But I also think the dates, you know, beyond being uh, topically important possibly also have a narrative dimension just to the exchange between the two people in a, in a more abstract way mm -hmm. in terms of like, thinking about cadence in a way, you know? So like in those moments where there's uh, four images posted on the same day, right? And then there's like a three month lag. I think that that inherently points back to the authors in, in a really mysterious and thought provoking way, you know, where it, it becomes those I, those pauses I think become very pregnant and and then it's it's easy to to kind of question like why is this conversation but also has a potential to be really familiar because we all have people in our life who are there all the time you know and and who you have a extraordinarily uh, vibrant kind of relationship with back and forth all the time and there are people who show up every four years or five years have a huge explosion of an impact on your life and then disappear again for another five to 10 years. And, and I think that daddy <laughs> <laughs> told you not to bring that up. Kai. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I think that, I think that again, it, it speaks to a kind of character um, and because the site is so invested in, in the mystery that, that often lies at the heart of, of uh, photographic discourse and, and just photographic images in general, um, there's a mystery to the kind of person, but it's an accessible mystery, and the dates play a role in opening that up. So I have a, a little bit of a nerdy question. Do you do any analytics on the site? Do you have an idea of reach on the site? We have, we have, mm. So we have a little widget. <laughs> <laughs> you know we I, I think we're actually tracking that in some way but i i've i've not actually i look the reach is getting broader i'll yeah. say that only mm -hmm. only because um we're getting more submissions 
I mean, not exponentially, but I think, I don't know. It's actually a good question. I, gonna, I don't gonna, know. Well, the thing is we, so we could absolutely track it. We're both are capable enough to do that. It's never really been a priority. Um, like I said, we actually do it with the Google Analytics widget. So we can see how many people are visiting the site on a daily basis. And we could dig deeper into that data if we really wanted to. And, you know, we can see what our Facebook page, what our reach is, because all that stuff is designed for uh, more business-oriented users. And that data is really useful for business. But for us, it's, you know, I don't know, it's almost more, <laughs> it's more fun to get, like, unsolicited submissions from completely random areas and be like, oh, the site must have gone to Myanmar or whatever. Like, <laughs> right. like somebody must have posted the site in Belarus yeah. or, right. you know, and um, so I think like that's why, that's part of the reason why we just don't follow it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never actually, I've never even thought to check really. I think the thing that feels exciting is how excited people are by the by the proposition of it i mean in a way that i i can you know definitely attest to myself mm-hmm. but I'll, but i think people really have a a yearning to to do this with somebody else i mean we get yeah. people saying like i'm obsessed with the site i look at it every day like i i really want to converse with somebody in this way and mm-hmm. i and i think that has been the most telling thing for me. And yeah, I, you, you, know, you want it to mean something to someone. Right. That's all. And I think that, that we get a little bit of that. Yeah, one thread that's uh, been going through is we've been mentioning some of the other people you mentioned who are you knew what they're posting or where they're gathering from is I think that it also encourages the photographers sometimes to pull from work they've done that they haven't shown or share it in another way. I right? have to say, Kai, that that um, that seeing the work that you were doing on the Leica, which I really hadn't seen outside of a couple Christmas cards or whatever, right. was was such a great surprise, and and because it's quite different from the the rest of your work. It's, yeah, absolutely. it's quite a bit looser and and. Um, and more playful, but also um, there are moments where where it's it's also much more serious, mm. um, unintentionally maybe in the moment of making the photograph, but but certainly in choosing that image. And so seeing that happen over and over again, where you get you get a kind of uh, side view into work that people haven't released previously, um, feels like a it feels like a bit of a gift or or like a like a kind of a private moment. I also think that people um, feel incredibly liberated by the by the prospect of sharing work that totally. that never had you know a concrete conceptualized form outside of their practice or maybe it was you know people had been releasing bodies of work that sort of were building on one another and they just you know like everyone I have thousands of images that I've taken that don't that are sort of orphans in a way mm-hmm. but this is a space where that is okay where there really aren't any rules or there shouldn't be or if you allow yourself to kind of there's to- enough of a structure to make sense of those orphans but not so much that it requires a huge amount of contextualizing information well and your and the contextualization of it is not completely up to you anymore. So no. you have an opportunity to completely rethink and redefine what you thought that photo was about. Yeah, yeah. and it's also been generative. Like I, some of 
a hand, a good handful of the images I made in direct response. So it, it also has been a source for making new pictures, you know, well, with the, with the book in particular, yes. because I had been, I had, because I work a bit slower, I don't work digitally. I have to work, you know, like I made a decision that I work, but in you film, did, but I, but in order to, to f- facilitate this book, I had to photograph digitally. Um, and you know, having to work that fast, um, and respond that fast led to, led to a project uh, that I never, and, and a project I'm going to continue outside of this book um, that I would never have even imagined doing. Just a little context. Because the project, this book project happens And the book, so, just so I'll throw it out here, is A Series of Occurrences. Is that right? Or that's is that my personal book. Oh, the book that right. Nat and I did together, and this, this might be a little confusing, is, is sort of just called A New Nothing yeah. yeah, and I think I mean, and I think moving forward as we as as we hopefully do more books with the project, it's really a new nothing Ben oh. Alper Nat Ward, and yeah. then it'll be like a new nothing Catherine Maloney, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, as we mentioned, it happened over the course of a month. We right. literally got an email right. um, two months ago where Travis was like, "Hey, you want to make a book?" <laughs> like. Yeah, totally want to make a book. That that sounds awesome. Let's let's figure out how to make that happen. And and we really had to put it together in a very short period of time. Right. While also keeping it conceptually interesting. Right. Um so we decided we were going to mail prints back and forth to each other. And and in order to make that happen, and we also decided that they had to all be new photographs, um not derived from our archives. And this is also a a, a new and discreet conversation from the one that Nat and I are having on the site. So yeah, the, totally this separate. exists as a as a 12 image sort of analogous mini conversation. None of this work exists in our a new nothing website based conversation. Right. Um but you know, Nat had to go a little bit outside of his comfort zone maybe just in terms of the format yeah, because had we to- had we had no Essentially, we had very little time to to actualize the the yeah, book project. My, my backyard is really out of my comfort zone. It's really <laughs> hard for me to to go and spend time out there. And <laughs> yeah. well, obviously, we all give ourselves these rules to you know to be like the sand and the oyster. And um, so, why why the decision to mail prints back and forth, especially given that time frame? That seems like kind of crazy, right? We wanted to make it different from from what was happening on the site, but still in the same spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think is that that Ben and I are both uh, real believers in object making. Um, we both uh, Ben is actually running a printing business right now. Um, I have run a printing business in the past. We both believe that there's something really um, almost magical or restorative about the experience of holding a photographic print. Um, and really sitting with it in a meditative way. Um, whether it be something you find at a flea market, which I know you're particularly uh, into. That's true. Um, yeah. Or standing in front of a beautiful exhibition printed in a museum or a gallery. Um, and so when Travis wanted us to make something tangible, we're like, well, then we have to make it, make the experience of making it physical. Yeah. Um, and, you know, overnight shipping. <laughs> like, like, you know, we did our best it's expensive but 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 like we had to figure out a way to make it work and how to make it work conceptually um 
and and so it was just a way to expand the project but also further cement a kind of ideology right yeah it's something that we believe in i mean and, I, and you're welcome post office yeah right yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. FedEx. We, did, we, did our, yeah. we did our part <laughs> we we spread out the we spread out the gift yeah. to all of the various postal services i mean i think for me um despite the fact that i've moved to making images almost fully digitally and I print digitally now. I, I've i carried with me, and I don't think we'll ever not, um, studying with Nick Nixon, whose like, sole um, import is really about the print object. And, and he, I think, imparted on me, you know, this, this true love of that, despite the fact that photography is... is can be very ephemeral in this day and age. You know, I still it can be have a real disposable. In, it can be completely disposable. I still have a like a true investment in 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 the print myself, and I think We're, part of that is just like studying with this guy who is an absolute craftsman. I mean, his prints are unbelievable, and and they they like have a. Like a glow. They to them. glow. They, they really have a glow, glow to them, and the way that it's he like extra silver in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 something I can't even really articulate, but he has a sort of magnetism, like the the people, the way he prints. I don't I don't make portraits, so I don't deal with skin tones, but he just like there's just a lusciousness to the print object that for him is so much a part of what photography means to him. And I think that that was such a powerful idea. I'm also like deeply invested in, in the image, right? So I, I, I think I like hopefully fall on both sides of the coin, but, yeah. but making, making prints is still very actively a part of my process. So yeah. doing the, the print exchange back and forth in the mail was a, like a very exciting and rewarding and different experience. I mean, totally. it felt... It felt similar, but it also felt completely discreet. From you want to talk about like the the feeling of experiencing a gift being delivered, opening the package, and seeing like a really beautiful. Like the other thing is that the of course because it's UPS or FedEx, don't sue me. Um, they all got. <laughs> folded and bent and we decided early on we were like we know this is going to happen so we have these unknown collaborators uh, <laughs> involved in our in our project um, but even so even with all the the damage and the dog-eared corners and everything like just receiving Ben's print and it and the you know the kind of the depth and the quality of the thing I would sit with it immediately and it just everything everything else falls away it stops and you and you, and and that was really important but I also think that it you know, and I, I hope that that people who are in photography classes in high school now are also going through this uh, experience. But I think that like we come from a time when you're in high school, you're 16 years old, and you can pinpoint the time when photography ruined you for the rest of your <laughs> life because you saw the magic happen in front of you. I mean, I I remember it as as clear as anything else, and. Um, that's an object, and that's something that that is not only like a resonant object, but a life-changing object. And so I think that like that's why it still has a bit of that for us today. Yeah, no, I I absolutely remember that moment as well. And it was a a crappy image from the back of a homemade pinhole camera 
Right. Yeah. Well, let's contrast this with, you want to talk about how the uh, Moscow show is being hung and yeah. talk about compression of space and time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the and ephemera. And, yeah, you know. totally. Totally. Yeah. So the, um, the Moscow show, um, that was again, like I said, curated by Yulia Spiridonova and I guess co-organized by Nat and I, um, is being printed on a an adhesive vinyl material, essentially, that I've actually printed on quite a bit. They use phototex for this in I don't know if it's but I don't know similar. if that's but it's something similar. Yeah. It's an application that uh, essentially is closer to a photographic wallpaper than it is to um, you know, a photographic print, so it just adheres directly to right. the wall. It's either vinyl or fabric. There are a number of different manufacturers, yeah. but it's either vinyl or fabric, but you can print it on any inkjet printer. So I think a large part of that was logistical. I think it was also... Logistical, budget. I mean, there are a number yeah. of things that come into come into play when you're, when you're printing 34, 36... 34. 34 images framing 34 images in a foreign country where you don't have any <laughs> like i could probably make that happen in london right mm -hmm. like just by right. like calling around and being like hey where do i or even you know in frankfurt or hamburg like but in in moscow that's a total blank zone for me um, you have to rely on someone but else. Yeah, yeah exactly so this this simplified that but also i think uh had a real relationship to the website and it was the best we could do to make the kind of um informality of the website exist in a physical space yeah and i think it also is a is a means of presentation that really foregrounds the image mm -hmm. as opposed Absolutely. to the object and i think in this context of using the site to create a new existent conversation that the you know the objecthood wasn't particularly the point with this exhibition and it was really about foregrounding the images as images and, and the exchange of images i mean we did it via gmail we literally right. just went through and kept emailing each other and this was a way to to keep that spirit in the in the work of the exhibition cuz the the material essentially if installed well j feels like it's just embedded in the wall it doesn't even feel like an object at all. So it's really, it just feels like um, a completely flat surface that just exists as a part of the surface of the wall, which can be incredibly effective in terms of removing one's relationship to the objecthood. Well, any barriers. To You're the removing object. the physicality of it as if you were looking at it on a screen. Right. <laughs> and we standardize the height. So in the same way that the, the site operates where the height is all consistent, mm -hmm. Every image, despite whatever, you know, lengthwise dimension is all the same height. So it, we really tried to replicate, even though we weren't there to install it, um, you know, that was like conceptually one of the premises of the show yeah. is to just... I mean, there are, two, there are two things in play, right? So we wanted to replicate the experience of the website without replicating the experience of having the website up with seven or eight other tabs up in your browser. So like you, there's a recognition that you're going to a gallery, which is a kind of, you know, I hate to use the word pilgrimage, but it, you go there to have a certain kind of experience in a specific period of time, and that's an extended period of time. Um, and so we were like, how do, you, how do you really deal with what the site is about, but slow it down enough 
for physical space. So it's not like the site you can come to, go away from, come back to, go away from. This is like, you know, and I think that, and I think that removing any barrier to the experience of the image while also having it be as, you know, highly photographic as possible was really at the, at the core of that decision making. Yeah. And also in, incorporating the styles of so many different people too right. i mean like if everyone right. actually like made their own print it would be huh. even more chaotic right i think right this is like levels the playing field <laughs> right wait wasn't that wasn't that steichen's idea in the family of man to yeah. <laughs> to reduce everyone's print to look the exactly the same right uh, in fact, we finally did it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact i believe that you and uh yola's diptych is the punctuation mark on the on the show you're, the, you're the last oh, yep. nice. you're the last you're glowing diptych. globes nice. yeah nice. which is such a beautiful pair to end on i'm you know we just it kind of just happened naturally but it was also like felt like a really nice i mean it was like a literal punctuation mark mm. in a way hmm. um but also i mean it also was like you know listen things are geopolitically weird right yeah. now not that they're ever not but in particular between Russia and the United States, yeah. Yeah. again, for the first time in how many years? Right. Uh, so, so, you know, that was, that was my pick. And, and I didn't expect it actually to be the end of the conversation, but I'm kind of happy that it was. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to have like a chime that goes off, our little thing that happens when we get to the more nerdy section of the conversation. And we already oh, went a little shit. bit there. <laughs> but I just want to talk about one thing that I think might prevent other people from taking on a project like this is you you know the ima imagining that you'd have like what's the overhead of trying to run a website where you're going to have all these different people going on and all this stuff and what i as a participant kind of love is that you get this pdf with some instructions and you get a login and then you're just let in on a wordpress site where if if you ran rampant, you could cause a lot of damage, right? So why are you saying this out loud? So you're kind of you're you're dependent. You have this real flat, you know, it's like a flat hierarchy of like, okay, you're going in and you're you're a commune is fragile, exactly, absolutely. And I mean, that's what we tell students that come to the Columbia Darkroom. It's like this is your dark room, you know, don't screw it up. And we've never had a theft. We've never had certain things go wrong because this is your dark room, right? So similarly. This is going to be your website. You're going to be participating in it. You're you're going to be in among this community. And there's not like a whole. There's you didn't have to go and build this huge hierarchy and or get out someone to program a a whole CMS system for people to use. It's just WordPress, and you upload your media, and then you go to your page, and you try to remember to put a, a an extra space for the next person to uh, to come back. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's so dead simple. I mean, of course, people mess it up, but it's still so dead simple. Yes, they do. <laughs> and and yeah. <laughs> the technology is out there without you guys having to like, okay, we've got a great startup idea. We want to do this whole thing. Uh, these photographers are going to communicate all across the world. Now we need to get an investment of $20,000 so we can build a site. You know, it's, it's just, we, we pitched it to Peter Thiel, but it wasn't libertarian enough. <laughs> uh, so, um, and now he's going to sue you. Yeah. Exactly. He's definitely going to sue me. That's for sure. Unfortunately he, he can have my debt. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, I don't remember what the question was that derived this answer earlier on, and, and but but one of the one of the things I've said about the site previously is that, you know, when you invite people into your house, 
you invite them into your house because you trust them to do the right thing. You trust them to be to be decent guests and for it to be a for it to be a, a wonderful experience for everyone. And I think that the the same rules apply with this website, particularly because it is so simple. There's like a there's a there's a there's a reason it's simple. It's because uh, not because uh, Ben and I couldn't have created something more complex and more ambitious, but but really because we wanted everyone to understand that this was a almost minimalist exercise to get at the core of what the images could be about um you know you're thinking about how do you how do you how do you encourage people to to behave in a particular way given the spirit of a project and i think that listen if it if it had been so much more about user interfaces or about the potential to reach a broader audience or something like that then i think people uh, would treat it as a opportunity for marketing. And one of the things that, that I still feel really strongly uh, and positively about the site is that people engage it on a very personal level. And I think that that's, that's a huge difference between uh, what we're trying to accomplish and what other photo sharing and, and other kind of photographic sites deal in, which is their they're interested in how do you how do you broadcast a certain branded personality no i want to know who the human being is i want to know what the photographs tell me about the psychology of the human being behind it it's a it's a personal relationship as a viewer with the people making the photographs and so the simplicity of of access is is about negotiating trust and and also for us broadcasting a certain amount of trust so that people will hopefully uh, reciprocate in kind yeah, I think that, that that's very well said. And I think um, I like the metaphor for house guests that feels appropriate because, you know, everybody has the same level of access, you know, uh, not to give too much away. But also, I think. <laughs> oh, you've just given it all away. <laughs> <laughs> it is truly egalitarian in that respect. But also, um, yeah, I think when we were thinking about what the site might look like, we really wanted to strip away almost all sense of, of design in a way. I mean, it is totally. designed, but it's also so bare and minimal. And I think we just wanted we, a structure. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, exactly. Just an architecture for these things to exist in, but that did not, I mean, our, our logo, if you can call it that, isn't really a logo. It's just, you know, the title of the project in bold in like, in, uh, what is it? What do they call it in the, in the, in the CSS? It's like uh, Helvetica Verdana Sans Serif. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, like right. when it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's the uh, packet. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because again, I think that that is a strategy for really pushing people, viewers and participants towards actually engaging the, the meat of the project, the conversations right. themselves as opposed, cause I myself get really caught up in design. Totally. And, it's and it's really effective. seductive. It's super design is super seductive. Yeah. So I think that we were, you know, we just happened to find this. Um, and we also needed to find a horizontally scrolling uh, <laughs> yeah. format, which, which was actually harder to do than you might think. So the guy who designed our, our WordPress theme, uh, Ben found the WordPress theme 
through a through a deep dive in the back bastions of the internet that only Ben Alper is capable of. <laughs> He's got some serious it's dark, chops. It's a dark it, place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he found he found this kind of minimalist theme. Uh, is designed by a guy who's a photographer himself, a young photographer, but really talented. And so after he designed the 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 theme, a few months later, I was I just I had to be in contact with him again over uh, just like a few uh, fixes here and there. And then I realized that his website signature was in the was in his email. Hmm. And I just went on it because I'm curious. I was like, whoa, this guy's really good. <laughs> You know, and I was like, Greg, do you want to do a conversation on the site? You should totally. And he was like, yeah, definitely. So we have, you know, Greg Konchak <laughs> and Nick Basso because he designed our website theme. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's it, it's become one of my f- favorite conversations and it was just a circuitous thing. I had no idea who either of them were, but um, I think that, that there's serendipity just you know in that specific case but also i feel like this project hopefully promotes that i think we're open to that like that kind of a thing happening all the time we don't really have have rules around you know either geography or education or whatever it's like if you make good work you should be on the site yeah how long have you guys known each other too long (laughs) um we i moved to new york in 2009 in the summer and in the fall of 2009. We met that fall. I met Nat, I think, within a month of, of moving to New York. It was, was a very funny sort of, well, not funny. It's just a small world kind of, you know, situation that I think exists very much in a place like this. All right, I'll summarize it quickly. So, like, <laughs> so um, it was it was when I was working with Humble and I had just driven Amani Olu to pick up a crate of artwork at the Port Elizabeth shipping terminal that was coming back from Art Basel. Um, and it was that night. And Amani was like, hey, uh, I got to go stop by Tim Briner's house because he's building some crates for our next exhibition uh, down at Nada in Miami Beach. And I was like, yeah, I'm the only person you know with a car, so let's do it. Um, and and so and so we drove to Tim's house, and and Tim was building crates, and and which was <laughs> yeah, we have erupted into laughter right. about the crates. Yeah. So, they were speaking they were, telepathically. They were really excellent crates, Ben. Ah. They were fantastic crates. <laughs> um, so, but but Amani and I showed up at Tim's house at like. I don't know, 10 p.m., and you were living with Tim. Yes. And that is that is when we met, and I think within a couple of weeks, we were we were off to the races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the funny thing is that Tim was building a crate for work that was in part by my wife, my now wife, who at the time I didn't know. Who, but who you got to who know. Who I got to know through Nat, Essentially, yeah, because um, I, you guys were already because, friends at that because point. Because Joy and I yes. curated you into Manual Transmission, which was a slideshow exhibition on the roof of this very building. Oh. To um, simply answer your question, though, we've known each other for about seven years. Yeah, yeah, we could have <laughs> said that at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, that was no we want the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What brought you to New York? I had graduated from Mass Art uh, that summer. I, I was in a trans- Boston. In Boston, yes. Uh, I was a transfer student to mass art from a 
a two-year kind of more associates program that was also in Boston called uh, the New England School of Photography. NESOP. NESOP, yeah. <laughs> Those were good days. Um, but I went back to finish my degree. And as a result, I ended up finishing in the summer and had always sort of wanted to move to New York. And so after I graduated, that felt like the appropriate time to do that. And so another best friend of mine, John Feinstein, was also good friends with Tim Briner and knew that Tim was looking for a housemate. And it just was, again, like an, another sign that, that it was the time for me to move down. So I moved down within a few months after graduating from, from MassArt. One strange, like another, to add more coincidences to things is that, so I finished high school at North Carolina School of the Arts in Winston-Salem. Then oh, I went to the museum school, which is like yeah. just down oh, the did. block from MassArt. And then uh, I moved to New York after that, too. And, but I also lived in Asheville briefly. briefly. Wow. I know you were in a show oh, I there, didn't too. Know that. So, yeah, so there's like all these other... Wait, are you f- originally from North Carolina? Not really, but I was there for high school, basically, okay. four years of high school. And, yeah. okay. and I still have family there. I go back there a lot. I photograph down there. I've, you yeah, do? I photograph kudzu down there, uh, more in yeah. western North Carolina. Have we mentioned that Ben went to Chapel Hill, North Carolina? We haven't. Yeah, yeah. I got my. <laughs> oh, sorry, part of, sorry. That's part of the coincidence. I got my MFA uh, from from UNC Chapel Hill, and and essentially the reason I ended up there was because I was actually working for Julie Saul Gallery here in the city, and she represents which Jeff was, Whetstone, which was a job that you got through Nat. Oh man! <laughs> because Nat was working for Bill Jacobson, who I think is still represented by Julie, mm. and. Jeff Whetstone um, and I became close, and he sort of recruited me down to North Carolina. And so, so anybody who's thinking about being a photographer, just know that everything happens through your friends in photography. <laughs> There's no other no, way. That's true. true. Most things oh, yeah. happen that's through true. Nat Ward, actually. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a recipe well. for failure. <laughs> <laughs> Nat, where did you do your undergraduate? Uh, at NYU Tisch. Oh, okay. At, are yeah. you born and raised New York? Or? No, 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 no. I, 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 you know this. I grew up. I grew up down where you teach. Like our audience doesn't know I this. I know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I was born in Philadelphia, which is important because it would be sad for me to say that I was born in New Jersey. Um, but I did. I did actually grow up in New Jersey in a little town called West Windsor, which is across Route One from Princeton. And I uh, and then I went to high school in Bucks County, which is just on the other side of Delaware River in Pennsylvania. Then NYU Tisch, and then we met through Columbia when you came right. to Columbia for graduate school. So all the loops have been closed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, I guess I guess my coincidence is I work in West Windsor now. Yes, that's uh, right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. At the place where I went to like arts day camp and soccer day camp. Yes, <laughs> my college, which yeah. we still do. I guess yeah. we don't do the arts anymore, and that's a. And we're trying to bring it back. It's the only time in my life I've we, ever used a pottery wheel. Yes, I was we, like seven years old. And we are trying to bring mess. that back. Yes. But I, that's just to wrap it up, I guess, is that's part of the amazing thing about we have these connections. If you live somewhere in like New York you're, and you have this community you run into at events, you know, you yeah. go to we just had a couple of Thursdays. Last Thursday was like sort of the first Thursday of the season and you're standing out on the street in Chelsea and this person walks by and this other person walks by you haven't seen in a while or I was at an opening last night for Gregory Aminoff, the painter, and I saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen in forever. But then once you are disconnected from that, how do you keep those kind of serendipitous conversations going? And I think 
you know, online projects like a new nothing are a platform where that kind of thing can happen. And, and where artists as they get priced out of living in New York city can, can find themselves somewhere else and not feel disconnected, not feel like they're missing out or or doing anything else. Right. Totally. Totally. And, and listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a heavy Facebook user. I have an Instagram with zero pictures. Yes, I know. Um, but you know, I think that that one of the one of the great advantages of of the internet is that you can have casual conversation, which social media allows for. Um, but I also think that through through projects like a new nothing um, and and other um, kind of web-based projects or blogs or or places where where real work is is shown and shared there's there's the opportunity uh to have real connection despite being removed you know like there are plenty of people whose work takes them all over the world or takes them to really remote places and um it's great to still be able to to be in touch with them like brian schumann in west texas i mean it's like you know he disappears for a while but still exists very accessibly uh, via the internet. Great. Well, I yeah. want to thank you very much for, I know you had a crazy busy weekend with the uh, book fair going on and everything else. So I'm glad we were able to find a time to all get together and um, uh, hopefully many more years of a new nothing to come. Yeah. Thank yeah. you all. Thank, thank you, you for having us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And also just to end, ah. if any of your listeners feel compelled to uh, send us an email to participate we're actively and always looking at submissions we look at everything we do is so that should they just go to the website then yeah. go to the website the email address is just info at a new and we really welcome and em- encourage and embrace work from all you know disciplines and 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 also from people who we don't know especially from people who we don't yeah. know i think that and, that's and please send yourself and a partner um, because that's always the most exciting thing is to see not just the strength of your own work, but also the kind of person uh, you think you could make a new something with. You know, there's my dad joke for the day. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> All right. Let's end on that note. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.